You're listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me, as always, is Gary Hughes. Hello there. Okay, so here's what happened to me this week that I thought was funny. Sometimes you'll hear something, you'll hear it your whole life. And then you won't really think much about it. And then you'll think, when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's, okay, here it is. So a friend of my wife's, uh, they were talking about something. And uh, they were talking about, she was talking about something she didn't like. Or a person had done something she didn't like. And she said, uh, well, you know, I just wasn't raised that way. You know, you've heard people say that. Well, I wasn't wasn't raised that way. Yeah. Right. And when I thought about it, I was like, what a perfect insult that is, because really what you're saying is not only are you an asshole, but your parents are assholes, too. That is really a perfect insult, <laughs> right? actually. Right? You've heard it before. <laughs> I wasn't raised that way, but you never really thought about it. You're insulting me and my mother. It is a referendum on your entire clan. Right. It says yeah, that, that yeah. you and the people you came from are all, are all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That is that's pretty true. You know, it's it's a great it's a really a hardcore it's like a your mama joke. And yet, you know, it's 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 kind of shrouded in something that well, I wasn't raised that way. Oh, you you're, you're talking about my mama now. Yeah. That's yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's good. I'm not sure about the beginning of this conversation cuz I, I really was not raised that way. <laughs> the third voice you are hearing is our uh, guest today on the podcast. Gary, why don't you introduce him? Uh, this is a I got a funny story about this guy actually because um years ago when I was just starting I was going to all these conventions and watching uh, educational programs. And uh, one of the speakers was this guy, Pete Wright, who is now a friend, who just recently moved to Florida from Virginia. Why? We're going to find out why anybody would want to do that. But he was giving a uh, lecture. Was, it might have been SEPA or imaging or one of these things. And I was, and I was new, so of course I was absolutely enamored because he's a great photographer, got all these great business ideas. He did a whole bit on how to kill bridal shows and do all this awesome stuff. And so I got, like, I won one of the things you gave out, and it was, like, your CD with your templates and stuff on it or something like that. And it was awesome. I still have it, actually, which is really cool. Um, So probably about a year later, somebody I knew was getting married in the Richmond area, and I said, uh, and and they asked me if I knew any wedding photographers. I said, yeah, you got to go see Pete Wright. Like, he's he's like the guy. He's actually the only photographer I knew in the entire state of Virginia at the time. And so if I'd have known Mary Fizz Taylor, I would have sent them to her. But, thank you. Know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's – and so uh, fast forward to 2015. Uh, uh, Pete, you moved your family down to Florida. I did, yes. And so he immediately joins our state uh, PPA affiliate, the Florida Professional Photographers, and comes to our convention, which we just came out of yes. a couple of weeks ago, yes. uh, Focus 2015. And so at this point, I think I might be the only person in the association that Pete knows. And kind of knows, only like knows a little bit. Right. And so Knows kind of by association. Right, right, not, right. You never hung out. And so we're hanging out there at the, and we go to the Florida Awards, which is the last night. And then I was like, hey, Pete, you know, come sit with me and my wife. And so, and immediately I get, we're sitting there and I'm like, this guy is exactly our people because we're sitting in the back making fun of everything that happens. <laughs> Every <laughs> my single people. thing. <laughs> my people. So I knew and I immediately, and then, then you said that you listened to the podcast. I did, yeah. Which is, I, he didn't say whether he liked wait, it or wait, not. Wait, 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 wait. There's a qualifier. <laughs> Let's, wait, 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 wait. This, you, missed a, you missed a subtle difference there in what you said. You said you listen to the podcast, and he said, I did. Not he listens <laughs> to the podcast, but like, yes, I did once listen briefly to the podcast. Yeah, he, he, he was, yes, he was the like, I did. Not, he didn't say, out. I do. Did you get past the music? 
No, it was like thirty <laughs> seconds in. I heard your voices. I said, you know, I just wasn't raised like that. So. Yeah. Yes, I wasn't raised. Yeah. <laughs> well, My bless, mama didn't raise your me heart. like that. Bless your little bless heart. Bless your heart. Well, that's so. Uh, so now we have him in the studio, and uh, just to give a bit of background, you, uh, Pete's from uh, the Virginia, right? Where originally from North Carolina, but have lived in Richmond, Virginia, the last seventeen. Okay, years. I was born in Norfolk, and oh, we used yeah, to vacation on the right. Outer Banks. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Outer Banks, awesome. Navy. My whole family was Navy. Oh, cool. Norfolk's a big Navy town. Yeah. Right on. So, um, and how long have you been in in the photography business? Oh. Pretty much my whole life. Uh, my father was a minister, but his hobby in life was photography. And if you know anything about ministers, whatever their hobbies are, are about as important to them as their careers. Right, because they can't so. drink or smoke or do drugs, so they really need yeah. a constructive well, hobby. Well, not, not actually on the pulpit anyway. <laughs> so. Right. But uh, I, I grew up with a camera in my hands because I got tired of being on the other side of his camera. So oh. uh, pretty much my entire life, my first paying job, I was 14 years old. I had to be pay, paid under the table because I wasn't old enough to work. Uh, worked for the town newspaper and wrote their articles and went out and photographed the different images that went with them and have kind of been in it ever since. So, and so I know you as a wedding photographer. Is that sort of – and now I, I want to talk about this specifically because this is really important probably to some people in our audience. And this is something that Julie and I have thought about many, many times is relocating. And the biggest reason besides we'd be far away from our family really depending on where we move – but having to start over with our business right. in a new area. And that would be really, really difficult. Have you shifted focus? Did you lay a lot of groundwork coming down? How did that work? Because that's important to when you're self-employed and it's a slow growth curve in a photography business. Oh, yeah. And it's, you got it, it takes several years a lot of times or more to really become that person in the community with a good reputation. When I was first starting out, whenever I would go to message boards and people would, you know, would ask questions of how do you get business and stuff like that, the veteran photographers, the veteran wedding photographers, they almost always said, well, most of my work comes from referrals now. Because you've been around so Yeah, long. so, you know, moving to a new place, you, you don't you, have those referrals you've totally anymore. lost all your referral business. So uh, go ahead, dear. Yeah, but no, um, it's not like you're in your 20s. No, definitely not. You know, right? So it, it's not like you're just going to go and you've got the whole i mean you you're taking your established business and moving your whole family to another state yeah everybody so thought you're we pretty much crazy for that yeah so. so what's that been like uh you know it, so three years ago my wife liliana and i who's also an amazing photographer and has worked with me full-time for the last 12 years uh three years ago we sat down and we said uh, we were in the process of moving from one studio to the next and we said you know what we're getting ready to sign a three-year lease and at the end of that lease let's let's get out of here uh, and we just decided that we didn't want to wait until we retired to live where we wanted to retire. We're right. we're still young. Uh, our kids are young. We have <coughs> seven-year-old twins. You're still young. And we're <laughs> in our 40s. Uh, we, we have seven-year-old twins, and so they're young enough that the move wasn't a huge thing for them with school and everything. So we just wanted to come down and— Yeah, seven, you're barely making memories at that age. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't, yeah. How much stuff do you remember from when you were seven? I, I remember a lot of stuff, actually. Like, do you? Yeah. Like grandpa's leathery hands and stuff like no, that. No, well, I remember. Here's the thing about being that age. I, it's, I was just talking about this yesterday, is that I moved, when I was eight years old, we moved to Louisiana, and then we moved to California, and then back to Louisiana, and all that happened between eight and 13. So like in a five-year span, I moved to two different states. And when I think about the time I spent in those locations, it was like a year and a half or two years. But in my memory, it was a huge chunk of my childhood, a huge chunk of my childhood. I was in California for so, no, I was like, I was there for like two years, but nothing. But in your memory of your childhood, you were there for a long time. So, no, I yeah. think you do remember stuff. Well, but you guys are, are, are moving, and obviously I, I respect the hell out of that decision. I'm all about, you know, living for right now. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you want to have an eye on the future, but the, 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 the lifestyle where you go, I'm just going to 
save as much money as I can and hopefully live off of it uh, for a few years before I die and work in a cubicle and get my nine to five, get my safe job. Like I don't, I don't really, that lifestyle doesn't yeah, that appeal to me at all. Plan, no. And maybe I'll totally <laughs> regret that when I'm 75 and have to be a greeter at Walmart or something. But for right now, those guys are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> they give out smiley face stickers to kids. There's nothing better in life. No, but seriously, you think about it. It's like, how much time do you have? Bef- you have n- Tomorrow is not guaranteed for anybody. You know, I got, right. a fr- I, got friend- I got a friend of mine who was 25 years old and was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Right. You know, I've got, you know, family members that are 87, and they're family members that dropped out of a heart attack when they're 52. You're like, you don't know what's going to happen. You, the future's not guaranteed, so you're sitting here working away trying to save up for hopefully you'll be able to buy an RV and travel in your 70s or 60s or whatever. But that doesn't, like, what happened to all the years up until then? Right. What are you going to do? Have fun two weeks a year when you get to go on vacation with your kids and wife screaming? Right. You know, like, life, is, life is what happens while you're waiting, happened, waiting to finally do what you want to do. The only thing you have is right this second. So going along with that, I, I really respect that outlook of, of you and Liliana. But tell me about what are you doing now that you've moved your business? How Did you lay any groundwork coming down? And what are you doing to get plugged in? To your community because photography is huge like word of mouth business right you know and i think that's where everybody thought we were crazy because we had a very established business and we did 20 weddings a year and almost every one of them were from referral and uh, we didn't have to do bridal shows anymore we didn't have to do a ton of advertising anymore we just were really plugged in with our community but uh, so it was a scary decision but at the same time you know i, I lost my father at 46 and i realized he didn't get to live a lot of his dreams so well there's a catalyst yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to be in the same scenario where uh you know something happens to well, me your dad was only 46 when he passed away yes that's really young that is and you know i watched it happen so that was i, I was 17 at the time and that was a, a big thing for me to experience and it really has kind of guided my life throughout. So, you know, the good thing is we made that decision three years before we moved that we were going to move. And we spent the next three years planning for the move, deciding where we were going to go, where we were going to be. Initially, we had decided, let's try Spain. And then my mother threatened to kill us if we took her grandchildren Spain. to Spain. <laughs> wow. Spain's awesome. Spain though. would have been fun, and my mother would have killed us for taking her grandbabies yeah, away. Yeah. So we uh, we we settled on, well, I don't want to say we settled. We decided on Florida. We started making No, trips. you settled. I'm sure she's not, I'm not, I'm sure she's not uh, over, the, over the moon about you being down here in Florida either. No, but, but at least know, she can come visit. She's a snowbird, too. So eventually oh, okay. she'll just fly down with us. I don't know. But uh, we we, we started making trips down under the guise of family vacation, Valentine's Day weekend getaway, things like that, just because we didn't want anybody to know that if, we were making the move. In your community, if yeah. people know you're leaving, oh, that sudden, can hurt oh, your business. yeah, don't oh, hire yeah. Pete and Liliana. They're leaving. They're they leaving. Yeah. And it's like, right. so literally nobody knew we were moving until about two months before we moved, at which point we, that, you know. That's smart, though. I mean, that's right. about about how far out we have stuff, most of our stuff booked, except for weddings, obviously, so. You know, get, that's that's a pretty good transition length. It's the only person that really knew, we have a friend who actually, uh, we had hired her. Her name is Megan Ely. Uh, she runs One Fine Day Consulting or OFD Consulting. And she works in the wedding industry. It doesn't matter whether you're a wedding photographer, a DJ, a caterer, or whatever. Her job is to help market you. And she does two different things. She can market you from a business standpoint or from a PR standpoint. And she did both for us, uh, which was fantastic and had for years. And we came to her about a year and a half before we were leaving and said, here's the plan. And immediately, and you know, the conversation went to a box of tissues and coffee because she was upset that we were moving, but then was, Hey, we really need to get you to start getting us entrenched in the Tampa, Sarasota, Bradenton area where we're moving. 
And uh, she just went right into finding the relationships that we meet, needed to make the people we needed to meet with. about venues? Venues, wedding planners, things like that. Uh, Because wedding photography is out of the different photography uh, areas of professional photography. It is one that would be, in my mind, easier to market for because you know exactly where to go. Mm -hmm. Whereas in portrait photography, you got to kind of, there's a lot more feeling your way around finding the right clientele. But with weddings, you can jump in any market. And especially if you have a lead to be able to do that, there's no mystery about where your good job's going to come from. But it's getting in with those people right. because, at least in I know in Orlando, we call it the Orlando Wedding Mafia. Most of the venues are locked down, like and planners. They have the photographers they like. Right. The venues have the photographers that they right. like, and it's really difficult to go up to to somebody who totally doesn't need you at all. Right. And go, ooh, hey, I'm new in the area. How about recommending me? Like, here's a Starbucks gift card or however you do it. So it's it's, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, it's awful. It's cold calling. It's I'm you know trying to sell a vacuum cleaner to the woman at the vo- at the door. It's right. awful. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So how do you how do you establish those relationships from a distance in advance? Say I'm going to be down there in a year. Well, you know, for us, we were still in the process of making a lot of trips down here. So uh, when we would make the trips down, and and I did something that I hadn't done for a while. I, I did a bridal show down here. And the bridal show I didn't do to meet brides. I did it to meet other vendors. Yeah, I found that as in wedding photographers, the more you get on and if you charge what you should be charging, bridal shows are really not yeah. that great. No. So I did but one. But it is, we do one a year just to let other vendors in the area know that we're still alive. Mm-hmm. Right. Basically. Um, but, you know, for us, and I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, what did you do to ingratiate oh, yeah, yeah, yourself yeah. with these important people in the industry? Like, how do well, you get jobs in a new market? You know, the thing is, you really have to target your strengths and, and the areas in which you excel. For you, it would be arm wrestling, clearly. Yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you're like me and you have no real strengths, then <laughs> what would you suggest? You've got a strong hairline. There's some really, really good, good agencies down here. You could probably look at being a Walmart greeter. There you go. Or, I hear you if know. you get to Home Depot, really really early there are guys that come by that pick people up there you go labor i get out there with my camera (laughs) (laughs) taking pictures of the job (laughs) anybody need a photographer (laughs) but you know once you kind of and for us having megan sit back and say these are really i mean she she goes through every wedding we shoot and she's like you're really good at this type of wedding you should really focus on these vendors so we you know we targeted vendors and started meeting with vendors that were very specific to the photography that we excelled at. And, you know, first of all, having somebody else set up a meeting saying, hey, there's, there's this photographer that's a client of ours that's going to be in the area, and we really think you'd enjoy meeting with them. Do you mind taking a few minutes? So it's, it's a little different. Does that than give you, you further you think in the it, door having somebody else yeah. agitate for you? Do you think yeah, it gives much. you legitimacy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's almost bit, like yeah. the great and powerful Oz. Like, it's, it's, right. it's having someone answer the phone for you at your studio. I've right. known photographers that actually right. pay a service to answer the phone so you don't get to talk to them when you call because it makes them seem yes. more important. I'm Jim's assistant calling to set like up a meeting. Oh, well, Jim, must be, Jim must be important. Right. It makes you look more important. I know he a photographer who actually, every client that calls, she says they're booked like two months out. You can get on a waiting list. And then it's almost like every person they call is like, oh, we've had an opening for two weeks. you know. And ah. then they're like, oh, oh, yes, absolutely. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Yes. And then in their mind, they're coming into it already thinking of you as someone who's hard to get a hold of, and they're lucky to have you. Let me back you up a little bit, though, okay. and ask you. Um, she said, looking at your work, mm-hmm. you're really good at this sort of wedding. What sort of wedding was that? Um, for us, you know, it's funny. We always loved shooting the outdoor natural light weddings, but we apparently excelled at um, hotel ballroom weddings, especially ones with 
up lighting and fancy decor and detail because we were really good at getting the detail shots that told the story and, and the higher uh, skill yeah. level, I think it is. I mean, it's, it's harder or in different that, skill set. you know, you can't just go out and put your camera on aperture priority and let right. it shoot away. I mean, you have to do a lot of work to make sure you get it. And you got get different right. color temperatures of lighting. Like how do you do it without burning out the, you know, exposing the subject properly without burning out all those led up lights mm-hmm. and how do you make everything look good? Yeah. There's a lot of challenge to that. And you know, the, the fortunate thing for us is especially in our area, those weddings tended to be the higher end weddings. And right. it was probably 80, 85% of our clientele. I mean, very rarely we might do one or two weddings that were outdoor weddings a year. That's, That's a really good point. Now that I think about you gotta it. be an idiot and I'm do thi- a lot I'm of outdoor weddings. I'm thinking of the outdoor weddings in our area, and <laughs> we have these like airy, like barney, right. you know, like here's we have a barn, and then we have like a country house with a porch, and everybody's eating at a table with like antique, you know, teapots and like out under a tree right. and stuff. And we shot those weddings, and those are really beautiful, good, bloggable weddings. But it's not often that those are clients with money. No, they're not the, the clients real high with end. money. Are getting no. married at like the Ritz Carlton, yes, the, the Four Vinoy. Seasons, the Waldorf, yeah. you know, and those, and they're all ballroom, ballroom. weddings. Yes. And maybe the ceremony's outdoors under their whatever, but like it's ballroom yes. weddings. In fact, I can think of every wedding I've had that went past ten thousand dollar mark for the photography. And every single one of them is in a ballroom. Oh, sure. That's and, where and, your really big high-end weddings are always going to be. And those ven- venues, more than anything, they, they appreciate a photographer that's going to provide them with great images. I mean, for I've talked to so many venues that they have two issues. Number one is that they have this wedding that they just they they put everything into it. And they know this is going to be an amazing wedding. This is going to be a great showcase for us. And then the photographer shows up, and they don't know what they're doing, and and they end up having nothing to show from it. That's their number one complaint. Their number two complaint, which it's close, it's A and B, they're right beside each other, is the photographer that promises to get them images never and does. never does. Right. And that's a huge mistake, and it's so easy. It's just a no-brainer. It's adding one extra email address when oh, you send out the gallery. No, yes. no kidding. <laughs> so we've always been huge. I mean, uh, our vendors get the images immediately, and we've always been big on that, and we've always been heavily Do they get the images them. before your bride and groom even see the images? No. Okay. No, no. All right. That, that would be first. yeah, because if the bride is because I get that, them on Facebook or something, yeah. and then they've got the DJ is yeah. posting because I get that request before they come. Uh, you know the day after the wedding they'll come after me and say hey can we get some images and I'm like once the bride and groom see their images then you can get some images but I'm not gonna let I'm not you know even if it's just details. I'm not giving you, letting you see those images or giving you those images before the bride and groom no. do. They always get first look. But it is important to, the, I guess, the moral of the story is that you're right, though. Most photographers do not follow up with other vendors. And it's, it's, it's across the whole industry. Photographers typically are very, very bad about following up. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting to a point where your sole business is off of referral and not having to do a lot of advertising and marketing and bridal shows and things like that comes from making that extra effort of delivering images after every single wedding to every vendor and making sure that they have what they need. I mean, that relationship to us is huge. Every Christmas, we spend a full day going and visiting every single vendor and dropping off a huge gift basket to these top venues that we love to work in. And and they're very personalized. It's what are their favorite things, what things do they like, and making sure that that Christmas gift basket they get has those types of things in it. And they remember those things, you know, not that... Nobody does that. We didn't just mail them a box of cookies or a Christmas card. We actually stopped by with a gift for them that, you know, a really nice gift basket with wines or coffees or chocolates or whatever in it. And and doing those things and really sweetening that relationship. And then just like midway through the year after Christmas, calling up and say, hey, can we take you to lunch? Can we 
buy you a drink, come in to get you dinner, just to sit down and reconnect and make right. sure that they have the things they need, giving them free postcards that are branded for them, giving them albums branded for them, just the little things that you can do. And it's an investment in time and money, but at the same time, you have to spend money to make money. Well, one of the things, too, about that is that when you talk to so many photographers who want to say, I can't charge top dollar, I can't charge more money, uh, my clients won't pay it, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you have to realize that the, the guys that are charging top dollar, uh, a lot of that money is going right back out the door in marketing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, he's charging top dollar, he's just making bank. No, he's got custom baskets to put out. He's got cards. He's, you know, a free album to give to a venue is not a cheap print. No. It's not, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at at least 100, 200 bucks. And you know, 300 bucks, really, you know, yeah. for a good one. So, yeah, there's a lot of money that goes right back out in marketing. So if you get six grand for a wedding, you you're probably have spent about $1,000. Yeah, to get that to wedding. To get that wedding. Yeah, yeah right yeah. off the bat. And then, and then to sustain that relationship is going to cost you money and time. And as we know, time is money. Oh, so what else um, are you doing Besides weddings, what are you trying to look into? Uh, you know, weddings, I don't want to say, uh, we're probably known for weddings in the photography community or more than anything in the, the Richmond area that we moved from, uh, but weddings weren't necessarily our passion. It, it, you find with anything that you enjoy doing, you have that one thing that pays the bills that allows you to do the other things that you really love. Can completely relate. So, and, and I love photography in general. I, I I love weddings. They're not my first and favorite. Uh, I started off as a college and professional sports photographer and did that for the better part of a decade before I ever shot a wedding. Uh, so being on the sidelines of NFL games or shooting NASCAR races or NBA games and, you know, just kind of the pinnacle of the sports. And then you realize that you don't make much money as a sports photographer. It's amazing how little those guys get paid. Well, it's not amazing to me because there's 20 guys on the sideline taking the same picture. Yeah, and it used to be back in the film days, there weren't. And we made a really good living back in the film days. But then digital happened, and what sports information directors determined was, hey, we can give 10 or 15 guys a credential and they may only get one or two photos each, but well, what do you need for the newspaper? Right. What exactly. do you need? For, what do you need for the for the for the you know the AP release? Like you just don't. You need, need yeah. You need one, one or two shots yeah. is all you need. And fifteen guys, somebody's going to get you a shot. Now, I mean, I shot at the what is that? Outback the, Bowl. At the Outback Bowl on New Year's Day, I shot the sidelines at the Outback Bowl because I was there with a friend of mine uh, who was doing some work for them, and we both had passes. Gavin Newsom. Gavin, Gavin Newsom. Yep. So I'm on the sidelines, and the guy uh, catches a makes a breakout run and comes right to where I'm standing, and I get this fantastic shot of a stiff arm, face mask, up close, beautiful. And I'm not a sports photographer. You know, I'm just a guy there who happens to have a nice camera, mm. and and it happened right in front of me. I don't think I would have snapped that shot. I probably would just dove out of the way. That's <laughs> I, almost, I, was, I, was, I, I was actually on television because they almost ran me over did when they hit the sideline. He, he, he dove the cone. Yeah. yeah, he did. Did you enter that photo? I did, and I actually I merited. I, I merited. I merited. Hey, Pete, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not. I'm not going into the wizard state. No, do not enter the wizard state. I'm not entering the wizard state. I'm going to stop you right there, Pete. We are not going to talk about competition. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the fact that my little sports no. photo merited and none of my wedding images merited. <laughs> We're not going to talk does. about that. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Sorry. You just opened Pandora's box. Really appreciate that, buddy. So you're the one who actually paid attention to the images in the, in the competition. Well, That's I was, great. I was calling the titles. So oh. I, I said stiff arm. I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, well, there you go. So uh, let's take a break yeah, for I'm a quite second. the sports photographer. I want to take a break for a second. We'll get back with Pete here going? in a minute. I want to talk about a couple of things we got coming up. Okay. I'm very, very excited to announce that uh, – 
our good friend, Boo Ray Perry, oh, is going to be once again speaking at Imaging USA coming Teaching. up in January. Teaching, Teaching? No, Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pre-con. Oh, yeah. Pre-con, so it's all hands-on lighting. Yes. There's a difference between teaching and, wouldn't you say, between pre-con and... I'm and, trying to give you a promo. You want to make it right, a thing? Right. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you have to be accurate, <laughs> You want right? to make it like a... It's okay. not me standing on a stage talking to a crowd. It's me with a small group of people teaching them how to right, do Right. So it. it's basically the pre-convention for Imaging USA. You get classes that are... 10 to maybe 30 people. Right. And it's all in it for a whole day. Yeah. It's hands on with an instructor who's an expert in their field, and you get to ask questions and you get your hands on the gear. You get their live models. It's all hands on. And last year you shot, you spoke on the platform. Correct. But this year you're doing pre convention. Yes. And so uh, last year you did pre convention. I did. And platform. And platform. Yeah. But, um, I am not speaking at Imaging coming up in January, well, but you, you are. You spoke twice last year. They're like, we've had enough of Gary Hughes. I was a, I was a pinch hitter. Yes, I, I literally, pinch- two yes. people canceled the last second, and they asked me to fill in. Right. So it's not like they actually wanted me there. I was available and had a program ready. <laughs> so that's pretty much Well, it. you had Dang. a program on the plane. Right? Yeah. Timing, I, timing is everything. I, yeah. did, I actually wrote my program the night before in my right. October. But nobody knows that. So but no, but enough about you. Yeah, we won't enough we about, about me. Now? Let's talk about Boo Ray yes. Perry. So that's pretty cool to get invited Yes, back. it is. So pre-con, the way the pre-con works is um, the day before the convention, which is a Saturday, which, you know, they do the conventions on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because they figure a lot of photographers are working on Saturday. But if you come in early on Saturday, and you can help me out on this, the deal is you can buy, like, a, a two or a three uh, class package. Right. And what they do is the classes are, like, an hour and a half. Well, you'll give the same and class. And I'll give the same class, like, three times. Right. You'll give the same class three days So in a row. you can decide, well, no, no, it's one day. Three times. Uh, three times in a row. Three on times the same on the same day. There's like, there's like three teachers, and they do three hours each, so, and then you rotate. Right. Well, and let, then you, let's say, right. this is what I did last year, because let's say they give you ten options for classes for right. pre-con, and you pay whatever the amount of money is. I don't know. Don't quote me. Let's just say it's $150 or right. whatever it is. Right. And then you get to go. You get to pick three classes right. from that group. And you, but you get it's great because you can arrange your schedule. You can be right. like, I'll do bure at nine a.m. No, no, I'll do bure at one a.m. and I'll do you know Pete at, 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 at whatever. I'm going to do bure at one a.m. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't, <laughs> Gary? You know, but you get to you get to mix and match and put it together your own your own, kind of an a la carte uh, program. So what are the yes. dates? That's January eighth, ninth, and tenth. And no, pre convention is the seventh. Then I guess. seventh, yeah, yeah. Saturday before the convention. So you can actually sign up uh, for that at imagingusa.org yes. and. You can see all the great speakers. I'm um, really, really excited about the lineup this year. I think yeah. we got some really, really terrific speakers coming, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to attend. And I'm not speaking. I'm not volunteering. I'm just going. Julie is um, a volunteer. She actually works on the convention committee, so she'll be working the whole so time. So she'll be so in the orange shirt, but you will not be in I'll the orange be, shirt. I'll be watching the kid. We're bringing Ellie to uh, – mm. he'll be her first Imaging USA. So you know what you need to do is get an orange shirt for uh, – for Ellie, for Ellie. Oh, get on, somehow get, if you don't know uh, at at Imaging USA, all the volunteers wear bright orange button-down right. shirts so that you can see them. They're very recognizable. They're everywhere to direct people and stuff. But it's going to be a really good year. I'm really excited that you're speaking. Again. Well, let's talk about that real quick, just uh, in, in case we didn't make it clear. It's going to be about lighting, and it's going to be about shooting, and about wedding shooting. And I'm going to try and in that hour and a half to walk through the three stages of lighting that I use when I shoot a wedding: uh, natural light, bounce flash and off-camera light, and I'm going to try and show you how to do it quickly and efficiently because quick and efficient you've got to be if you're going to be a wedding photographer. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit all three of those things. If I have a chance, if I have time, I'm going to show you how to light a room. I think a lot of people don't know how to light a room. when You've got a reception. How do I like the dance floor? How do I like the room? So I'll show you how to set your lights up for that. But I do everything so fast that, I, that that's kind of my thing. Do you it's do showing everything people how fast? To do that. I do fast. Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> Some things that should not be done fast. You didn't get that. I was talking about sex. All the, I did. I okay. got all right. that. Just I came right, yeah. right just straight. Understood. Crystal exactly clear. Crystal clear. Yeah. Oh, and let's not forget, by the way, please, if you listen 
listen to the podcast, would you please go give us a review on iTunes? We need reviews on iTunes, good reviews on iTunes, because that's what pumps us up, and that's what gets us more listeners. So please, please give us a good review on iTunes. It'll only take you a second to do it. Uh, just go to iTunes and, and you know... Please, is it, do they have a star system on iTunes? Is it three, four, five stars, or how you does can, it work? You can leave a star review, or you can actually write a review. But right. either way, the more reviews we get, the closer we get up to being on that front page, which is where yes. our podcast will actually maybe be able to get some sponsors and you know free, oh, free gear. All, I don't care. All I care about money. I just want the free gear. Sponsors would be great. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> sponsors would be awesome. Oh, we actually have some in the works, so that's coming up. But we won't make it a commercial. It's all going to be good stuff. We're going to give away tons of awesome crap. It's going to be really cool. Um, so we're going to. So soon we will be giving stuff away on the podcast. Soon. Uh, oh, we'll be great. having some big giveaways coming up. Also, don't miss out on Photo World 2015 in Chicago, Illinois. I will be speaking on the platform giving a wedding program. Well, I'll also be yeah, on the, the following program. day. I will be doing a whole day hands-on headshot program, a master class. Which really oh, like. that's great. And that is November 6th through Sunday, November 8th, 2015 in Chicago. And to register, go to um, just type in Photo World Chicago into Google and it'll be the first Let me one. take a second here just to say yeah. that uh, last weekend, weekend before it was Focus, whenever it was, and you did a program on headshots there. Yep. And uh, my little boy is all grown up. Let me just say, I watched that program. <laughs> I'd never seen you do that program before. It's the first time I've ever done it. And, I mean, you crushed that, that program. Thanks, I, man. I mean, and it's hard for me to look at you and tell you that you were that good. Thanks, man. Because I don't that. want you to get that bigger head than you already do. But it was, it was an excellent program. Did you program. see me, Pete? I, I was sad that I missed it. Oh, and, you missed and, a fantastic you know, program. Damn it, Pete. The funny thing is, when I first came in, Gary and I saw each other across the lobby. And Gary said, hey, I didn't know you were going to be here. It I was said, one of those moments. I'm, yes. yeah, I'm so excited to be here. He's like, are you going to see any programs? I said, you know. There's only one program that I really wanted to see here, and, and I, I, that's probably the only one I'm going to see. And it's just the only program that I, I really, really wanted to check out. And he's kind of puffs up his chest. He's waiting <laughs> for me to say, I'm like, Monica Royal is giving yeah. a program. And he's like, hey. And he starts pointing at himself. He's like, hey, what? I said, well, let me, let, me, hey, let me back up and qualify. I'm only here for one day, and I'm working on the print committee volunteering. Right. So I'm literally working from 9 until 5 or 6, and then I'm on the road back home. So I'm going to cut out in the which middle is, of the which day. Which is, to be fair, a good couple hours in the car. Sure. Yeah. It is. And, and then, uh, but in the middle of the day, I had Robin Adams, who runs the print competition for Focus, uh, gave me permission to slip out and watch part of Monica's program. And uh, it was, she was a very good speaker. It was She's, nice. She does all the, like, the artsy macro yeah. photography. The, right. the That's really cool, yeah. yeah if you yeah. haven't seen her. But speaking of not Monica Royal, Photo World Chicago, November 6th or the 8th is me. Imaging USA, January 6th and 7th is Boo Ray Perry. And, um,. I think that's all we got to promote right now. All right. So I've got some stuff coming up. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. All right. What you got, Pete? Uh, Back see. it down, I, Pete. Not I, your show. Sorry, yeah, easy. Not you your show, you dude. Know, I, Back off. Turn his mic off. Yeah, I'm just saying. What turn the hell? Turn his mic off. Where's the plug? No. You're not allowed to promote anything. <laughs> Say, what do you got coming up? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Um, I've got uh, a smaller one. Uh, not smaller, but a <laughs> got a smaller one. Episode title right there. That's right. That's the title of the episode. He's got a smaller one. I'm at the TAPA meeting here in November. I'm doing a program on film noir <laughs> photography. You are? Yes, I am. I should know that. You're I'm on, on the board, board of directors. Of directors for TAPA. <laughs> I should know that, right? If you're not familiar, TAPA oh. is the Tampa Area Professional Photographers Association. It's that. the local PTA. That's great. You're coming to TAPA. Yeah. It's a smaller one. Yeah. And, uh, so Pete's yeah. smaller one is going to be. And then literally, <laughs> I guess, a day later, I fly out to Oregon for their state convention. I'll be judging and giving a wedding program in Oregon. And then in January, I'm at SWPP, which is in the, London. The, the society. Yeah, London. that's a big group. Oh. And I've got London? Two, yeah, in London. Two oh. programs out there. I'm doing a film noir and a wedding program out there. And then we've got Vegas WPPI coming up in March. Shortly film noir. So, 
Now that's a program I'd like to see. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. actually, I did want to bring that up because we talked about your wedding stuff. Mm-hmm. And so now we're done with all the promotional part. Um, so definitely, if you're going to spend money and go see somebody speak this year, just make sure it's Boo Ray or me and not Pete. <laughs> <Yes. Jesse. laughs> Although, yes. though, that's really exciting. Uh, WPPI, your you're, you're, you're a veteran at WPPI. I've spoken there six times and at Imaging 4. So it's yeah, like, okay. So, it's you know, fun playing at Big guns. Oh, he's spoken no. at Imaging four times? Yeah. What the hell are you doing putting him on my show? Four <laughs> times at Imaging USA, so much bigger than I am. He's about to enter the wizard state. That's right. He's so much bigger <laughs> than I am. Yeah, they have they had very low standards during those years. It was not all right. Good. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. It w- it was the off years. It's like the odd numbered Star Trek Attendance movies went way way down. <laughs> the year the, the year they were in Ogden, Utah. <laughs> so uh, really excited and uh, and if you do get a chance, check uh, Pete out because uh, where's your website, Pete? I got a couple. Uh, if you want to check out our client website, it's pwphotography.com, and if you want to check out my personal website, it's petewrightphotography.com. That's W R I G H T H T Pete Wright. So that's really cool because that's one thing I did want to bring up with you is you talked about how you have your wedding stuff, which tends to be your bread and butter, but you've been putting online lately a lot of really cool stuff over the last year or two, and it's that like doing kind of film noir looking stuff. So it's all black and white, real dramatic, almost like old Harrell Hollywood kind of lighting and really neat stuff. And tell me about why you started doing that and how that has developed as part of your business. Uh, you know, a big part of what I've I've done as photography over the years is I've always tried to find personal projects, things that were kind of chicken soup for the soul, uh, and things that I did for me. And I've, I've I grew up photographing black and white uh, film, so I was always drawn to black and white in general. Even when we were in digital world, I love a, a really beautiful black and white image. And I had been working on a trash the dress series for a magazine that had hired us to do a an international trash the dress series and. During that process, I had this really great team. I had a custom dress uh, gown maker, a fantastic hair and makeup artist, and a fantastic jewelry designer. And when we were wrapping up, this was maybe a year-long process, and when we were wrapping the whole thing up, uh, somebody said, you know, we need to get together and do a really cool photo shoot. And I saw some of your images that kind of looked film noirish, and I'm like, what is film noir? And then, uh, George Harrell type stuff. And she's like, yes, exactly. She's like, let's get together and do a shoot like that. I'll bring the clothes, uh, Shelly will do the hair and makeup, and Rebecca will bring the jewelry, and we'll we'll just have fun. And I'm like, that sounds great. Uh, and, you know, just for me, to get out and play with light and get back to the basics of using Fresnels and barn doors and grids and snoots and things like that, yeah. staying away from the safety of a soft box to where it's just a very unforgiving thing, if you can learn to light that way, you can light anything. It makes you see the light, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that element of it. Uh, I've got a book that just came out in June that's specifically on Was that it. published by Amherst? It was published by Amherst, yeah. and then we've got another one. Publisher of fine educational <laughs> photography They'll books. They'll publish anybody, won't they? Yeah, they, they will. will. <laughs> it's, again, low standards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife and I have another one coming out in July, I think, on wedding photography. So we've got a couple of books coming out, one, one that's out, one that's coming out. So if you have interest in finding a good way to get to sleep at night and you're just sitting there yeah. and you can't fall asleep <laughs> and insomnia, pick up the book. It will knock you right out. Right. Oh, you know, that's, it's, uh, it's really cool if you're not familiar. Amherst is a huge publisher of, of photography educational books. And what's really neat to be able to work with them is that I, the, their books go into bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, sure. all, over, all over the country. And it's really neat sometimes. Like, uh, you know, we have the good fortune to know photographers like Pete and then guys like Tim Kelly, who also recently published a book with Amherst, to go into the bookstore and see 
published book sitting there on the shelves that your your friends have written is right. really really neat. Very cool. And over yeah. the years, as I've gotten to know more and more people in the industry, the whole section of like Amherst photography uh, educational books, I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, they're all and, friends. And I know now. her too. And you know, yeah. it's actually really cool. It's a really yeah. cool thing. So uh, we'll talk about that later. Maybe you know somebody there. We can get Boo Ray deal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> Seriously, what would my topic be? Um, See, and lighting at weddings. Yeah. Well, I'm, the, the, the thing that I'm probably the thing that I'm probably most known for is so specialized, and that's because I shoot so many beach weddings. You know, it's not uh, not a bad thing. I've seen some pretty specialized things out there, yeah. and there's not there aren't really enough, and there are plenty of books on boudoir photography and speed lights and stuff. But shooting in the situations that you shoot in, and you're a wedding photographer too. I hate outside bright sun right. beach weddings, and that's your thing. You're like right. the king. Of that thing, right? Unfortunately, not by like, not by design or, or <laughs> by purpose at all. I started off doing you know everything else, venues, and and then my wife went and started this beach wedding company, and now I've got I shoot for her seventy weddings a year, and so I've I've, works out. I've fallen into that's suddenly become kind of my thing. Yeah, you know, a, yeah. a good book on a niche is always fantastic because a lot of times, but uh, do publishers want to publish that uh, though? Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I would so. think that you know it's like a it's like an independent movie. It's hard to get backers because you're not going to get enough no, viewers. I, I think there's definitely interest from publishers because what happens. is is they put out so many books that are very broad. Right. And, and Amherst, in particular, they try to put out, I think, one or two wedding books a year. And the problem is a lot of them carry a lot of the same information you because got, they're, they're, they're trying right. to get a broad audience. That's why, I've never, yeah. that's why I've never tried to do a wedding so photography it, book because I'm like, I, I don't think I've got anything to say that has an audience. Unless but if you get specific. in and you say, I want to do a book just specifically on beach weddings or shooting in an outdoor environment and going through the different challenges, right. and, and you really get into giving really great information, then heck yeah. Well, know? hopefully I can maybe I can find some people who know some folks at Amherst and could uh, you know put me in touch with them and uh, yeah, you know not. something. No, 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 I don't know anybody no, no, there at all. Okay. So uh, we are running out of time, but um, Pete, I would love it if you'd come back. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Next week we're going to have uh, Lori Nordstrom is going to be on the show. Oh, fantastic! Really exciting. I love Lori. She's and, awesome. Yeah, you're a friend of hers, right? Yeah. So why don't you, since you're so close, why don't you come back and join us for next week's episode? <laughs> I, will, I will be here next week. Excellent. Yeah, could like you? you I know, you know it's only it's like an hour drive, but if you could just a week from now for the next episode, <laughs> if you could drive back for that episode, absolutely, and come it's gonna, sit in, it's going to be like a time machine. That'd be fantastic. Know? If you, I mean, it's, I know it's a big it's a lot to ask for you to come back next week but if you could for Lori I think our next door neighbor has a Scotty I think that dog might be able to beam me up so we'll see there you go that was awful we're not going to end on that I'm not so sure we can have him back (laughs) next week I Um, never a Star Wars (laughs) reference so I went Star Trek and it just backfired all right, take us on, Boo. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, don't forget you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can find me at com. You can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Very well done. And Pete, what's your website again? Uh, PeteWrightPhotography.com. Please go on to uh, iTunes and give us a review. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.